Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, a, pro- a program presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we want to continue our critical look at the ongoing scandalous and reckless drumming up of war with China, and we want to zoom in on some of the chief culprits at, at the media, particularly. Mm, who would We'd rather just do their jobs as journalists rather than spread rubbish propaganda. Yes, indeed. And we will widen our perspective today to include other areas in which the West is doing the sabre-rattling, just to get a more global perspective on the situation. Firstly, to again correct some of the misinformation in nine entertainment papers, The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald, Let's look at the journalists' claim that we should all be on red alert, as they said in their one week of alerting us all, to (laughs) the fake danger of the Chinese. Because the Chinese are not just widening their influence, as they said, but their military are coming at us. And soon. (laughs) So how can we somehow measure the extent of nations' military ambitions? How can we measure the military ambitions of different powers as they have established their armies in other nations' regions, for example. An easy and good way is to just look at the number of military bases established by certain countries outside their own region. Mm, That's right, Jacques. So here goes. Comparing the US's and China's military bases, the US has about 800 military bases. Yes, 800. And China has, wait for it, four outside its own geographical region, that is. So 800 military bases for the US and four for China. Mm, That's right. The US has around 800 of their military bases spread across and around 80 nations global. And just for comparison's sake, let us look at some other countries. The UK in the list is second with only 145 bases. Russia has about 35, and China altogether just 11. Seven of those are around its own territory. France is there somewhere too, with a number of bases in Africa. So the US has really altogether three times as many bases as all other countries combined. Mm with bases spread from Central and South America, Africa, the Middle East, Europe, and in our area of the Pacific. Yeah, and talking about provocatively posing a military threat, as the US and us accuse China of, the US and UK military bases encircle China to its east, 
and southeast. There are about 120 bases in Japan and they're also dotted on nations to the south and on islands in the Pacific going east and the Indian Ocean going west. So just imagine, just imagine the reaction Mm. if Chinese military bases encircled the US or Europe or even one coast of the Mm, US. Exactly. Just imagine that. Remember the uproar about the Solomon Islands recently when China had been developing agreements with that country to extend their relationship, probably including defence. Didn't we get all manner of conniptions calling that military aggression 2,000 kilometres away from our coast? And Penny Wong needed to go immediately after Labour was elected to have a chat with them and show that they were as alert as the coalition about defence. Paul Keating, in his much maligned recent press club outburst against Red Alert and AUKUS, mentioned this as well. Yeah. So in contrast to the West, just to reiterate the point, Jacques, Mm. China's got one military base overseas Mm -hmm. in Djibouti. That's right. uh, And that's mostly to combat piracy and protect merchant seaways. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, China has helped build, in addition, China has helped build three installations, one in Cambodia, a port in Myanmar, and now an airport in Tajikistan. Uh, But uh, importantly, they're not manned or peopled by Chinese personnel. That's right. Thereby it should be known that the US, France and Japan also have military bases in Djibouti. Yeah, that's right. In fact, the US base is four times larger than the Chinese one. The $10 million US dollars provided by China to Tajikistan to build its own military base is mainly to secure their country, as well as China, along its 1,300k long border with Afghanistan. But no Chinese troops will be posted there either. And the Myanmar one also has links with the Chinese fear of infiltration by Islamic radicals. Yeah. So, to go back to one of our central points, mm-hmm. uh, Jacques, uh, we really, I think we really do have to thank XPM Paul Keating <laughs> for pointing out the obvious. China is not about to invade us. And uh, we have to thank him also for blazing a light on the folly of the latest nuclear sub-deal with the US and UK, um, the tragic folly. As Paul Keating pointed out at the press club, the new nuclear subs are not aimed at defending our own shores. They are designed to be part of the US Indo-Pacific Command Fleet, part of a US strategy to hunt and attack Chinese subs close to China's own borders, before Chinese subs can enter the deep ocean and become undetectable. Yeah, that's right, Chuck. So Mm. somehow we're being co-opted into the US's strategy to maintain US Mm -hmm. world dominance, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. And we're trying to nip China's obvious growth in the bud before it gets too big. Yes, Which indeed. is the fear, isn't it, Shark? <laughs> China's yes. getting too big, basically, That's and we the... have to nip it in the bud yeah, and, forget... and concoct scenarios that would justify US aggression That's right. and us 
hopping on that band load of US Absolutely, aggression. and forget that we're talking about one, one it's just the, the, the numbers, one billion and four hundred million people live there. Mm-hmm. US has 300 million. There's just no idea about looking at some proportions. Mm-hmm. And as we said last week, why not invest in peace and diplomacy instead? All this red alert stuff is obviously anti-diplomatic and stirring up world conflict. Yeah, yeah it really looks as if we're siding with the bully in the playground. Yep, exactly. We certainly have been co-opted by the US propaganda machine. What else were those red alert articles in The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald about with hand-picked experts linked to the partly US-funded Australian Strategic Policy Institute and the arms industry. Yeah, which we talked about last mm. week, didn't we? That's right. In, in reality, it's our Western leadership, including our own government, that sounds scary, <laughs> rather than the Chinese. Therefore, we are looking at this scary affair and identifying some of the culprits in what we call systemic collusion. This time... Systemic collusion on a global scale. Mm. Michael Pascoe commented on this in a great article in the New Daily on the 17th of March. Firstly, like Paul Keating did, he laments how Labour almost immediately rolled over when in opposition, when the Morrison coalition government quite suddenly announced the AUKUS deal to acquire expensive nuclear submarines. Basically, in the blink of an eye, thoughtful strategies to maintain peace in our region and world peace, for that matter, were sacrificed for domestic political advantage. Mm, That's what happened. That's right. And this is what Michael Pascoe says about the original deal under the Morrison government when Morrison was in power. And I quote, You can't know where you are if you don't know how you got there. And we don't know how the AUKUS pie was made other than it was done with great secrecy and little, if any, disinterested input. Mr Keating hinted at the role of the British armaments manufacturer BAE, a company deeply embedded in the Canberra defence community, as well as pretty much being the British defence industry itself a British company wanting to sell its technology, a British Prime Minister in Boris Johnson, desperate to sell something, anything, as his Brexit disaster unfolded, a not very bright Australian Prime Minister Mm -hmm. looking for a distraction and a wedge, a local defence establishment stuffed with Australo-Americans, an American government wanting to expand its Australian basis, end of quote. Yeah, what a great description of systemic collusion that we've been talking about, Jacques. Mm, that's right. De- describing, all the, um, describing the main interested parties, and Pasco outlines it so well. Mm, that's right. So on that note, let's go to some music, something peaceful. One Moment by the Brunswick Women's Choir.
You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radio, 855am on your dial, and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're continuing our critique of the drumming up of war with China, the lock-stepping of our military with the US, and the power brokers in our system coming together to make this all happen. And we're looking at the disgraceful role the mainstream media is playing as a central interested party. After Keating's exciting spray about Murdoch's and Nine Entertainment's media, calling them out for their one-sided, ill-informed, U.S. barracking coverage, the mainstream media's response was mostly about the hurt feelings of the journalists and about Keating's rudeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was some rather unimpressive ageism at work in in the media commentary too, Jacques. Mm. After criticising Keating for uh, his ostensibly personal nature in his attacks, um, including on Foreign Minister Penny Wong, David Crowe in The Age said this, listen to this, Keating's assessment is a doddering delusion. In his twilight years, uh, meaning he's about to die, I guess, in his twilight years at 79, the former PM sounds deranged, unquote. So basically his mental faculties are being called into question because he's 79. Yes. Very admirable. Totally. And from this (laughs) 80-year-old, thankfully, didn't... Other people didn't let Crow and his consorts get away with this. Again, this is from Michael Pascoe, and I quote, Instead of digging into the matter to find out the truth about our biggest defence spent ever, 
along with its strategic ramifications, let's just claim Paul Keating has lost it. Mm. Hot tip, he has not. You could see on Wednesday that he sometimes has to search for a word, that they don't come quite as easily as they used to. That's common enough at much younger ages than 79. But he knows exactly what he is looking for and what it means when he uses it, mm. unquote. Well said. Mm. And what the press seems slow to pick up on are the legitimate points raised by Paul Keating, uh, with a few notable exceptions in the media. And we'll give us a few examples. So over mm. to you. You can start this off, Jacques. Yeah. Firstly, on balance, Keating presented a view that many support, including former Liberal Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, that the AUKUS submarine pact may not be the best deal. And that is a very legitimate discussion point, as agreed to, for example, by Madonna King, also in the New Daily, same day as, uh, as uh, Pascoe was writing. Like Paul Keating, Madonna King suggests that we might better look to security in our region mm. rather than to distant imperial powers. To quote her, every Labour Party branch member will wince when they realise that the party we all fight for is returning to our former colonial master, Britain, mm. to find our security in Asia. Mr Keating said they adopted the strategic wishes of the United States uncritically, unquote. Mm. And, and the title of Clinton Fernandes' article in the Saturday Age says it all, I think. Subs deal hitches us to U.S. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. His opinion piece on the 19th of March sat right next to the latest spread of Harcher with his reds under the bed nonsense. Yeah, Fernandes uh, summarises the sub-imperial thesis of his book that we've mentioned a few times, I think, Jacques, mm -hmm. um, that Australia is a sub-imperial power, not so much a, a middle power, sub-imperial power, always hitching its wagon to imperial powers rather than acting as an independent sovereign nation and sharing in um, the spoils, I would add. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. right. But Fernandes also questions uh, the usefulness of the submarines, as uh, uh, others have done as well, and the anticipated timing of the availability of the subs uh, would they be of any use anyway? Yes, and he argues that Australia should be careful not to let the military equipment drive the strategy, nor succumb to irrational fears about a threat to our energy and other supplies which travel by sea. Yeah, which was an argument put forward, of course, by Defence Minister mm -hmm. Miles That's right. in his answer to Keating's biting criticisms. That's right, indeed. By contrast, Fernandes suggests that China, and I quote, is more vulnerable to the strangulation of its own trading routes as it imports 75% of its domestic oil consumption and 40% of its gas consumption. Mm. It must confront the Malacca dilemma which means that most of its energy imports have to pass through the Strait of Malacca along the, after the long transit across the Indian Ocean with the Strait of Malacca patrolled by increasingly hostile navies, yeah. unquote. 
So imagine, imagine then with that in mind, comparing the vulnerability of Australia's sea lanes with those of China. There's just no comparison. And with China surrounded by 200 military bases and now adding to that Australian bases That's um, right. from afar. That's correct. And to all of this, the Red Alert series in the Asian the Sydney Morning Herald presented a scenario of China invading Taiwan and presented this as a justification for military intervention by the U.S., which is so really extraordinary as Taiwan is internationally recognised as being part of China, including so recognised by Australia. Mm. This is independent of what we think of the Chinese regime. Yeah. And that actually was another very legitimate point raised by Paul Keating at the Press Club. In fact, Hugh White, in last year's quarterly essay, was worried that the capacity of the nuclear submarines is such that quote, they can travel so far and would guarantee Australia's participation in a war between Washington and Beijing over Taiwan, unquote. And that's a fight, uh, he says, we should avoid entangling ourselves in, of course. (laughs) Exactly. This was also raised, by the way, by Matthew Knott in the Saturday Age in an article which he titled, or which was titled, Making a Monster going into uncharted waters. That was Mm -hmm. on the 18th of March in the age. And that struck a rather more problematizing tone than the red alert fabrications he helped Hatcher hatch a few days before. So while Iron Entertainment's papers prepared a propaganda embroiled in such a war with China, the new subs just might not, might just clinch the deal, just a little bit problematic. Mm, which is an example of strategy mm, following military that's hardware. Right, exactly. Yeah. So unless we can uh, kick up a big enough stink and put a stop to it all, uh, I'd like to add, and, and maybe look at how we can put our best efforts into peace instead. Mm-hmm, that's right. In all of this reporting, in the age and elsewhere, the notion of peace has only once been uttered, it seems. At the end of Harcher's diatribe against Keating in the Saturday Saturday Age I already mentioned, in which he basically personalised the issue, focusing on Keating, rather than analysing it. At the end from that of his article comes this quote from Albanese, speaking on Channel 10's The Project. And I quote, that's the voice of Albanese, I don't think it's constructive to talk about war. We want peace and security in the region. The advantage of nuclear subs are they can go faster. They are quieter. They can stay at sea for longer. They just are better. Mm. That provides a greater deterrent. Then that is a good investment. Unquote. I'm rolling my eyes over here. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We we can only respond with Bart Simpson's door to this updated version of the ancient if you want peace, prepare for war. That sentence actually dates back more than 2,000 years and was spoken during the Roman Empire. (laughs) Back in the Roman Empire, and we Mm, know what happened to that empire. Exactly. So you'd have to wonder, have we really learned anything since? Um, And sadly, apparently not much. This 
is from Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong, who has been trying to um, explain it all. Quote, We seek to acquire this capability in order to help keep the peace. We want a peaceful, stable, prosperous region, as Singapore, as Malaysia, as Indonesia does. And we want a region that is respectful of sovereignty. Mm. Unquote. <laughs> not mentioning we can't even look after our own sovereignty. Mm. (laughs) So it's worth also quoting Hugh White's response to this. America would not be providing us with the Virginia-class submarines unless it was actually sure we were committed to support the United States in a war with China, unquote. Mm -hmm. And and both those reflections are from the wonderful (laughs) and invaluable New Daily on the 14th of March. As long as Eisenhower's industrial military complex runs the democracy puppet show and we are aiding and abetting it, Penny Wong and Australia will not understand that it's better to have good neighbours than far away false friends. And now also the New Zealand opposition seems to wonder about all of this mm. in the New Daily yesterday, the 23rd of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we should wrap up there, Jacques. We're going mm. to continue on this topic next week. On to our community announcements. So um, listeners can join the Anti-Orchids Coalition for a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. on Sunday 26th of March mm-hmm. at 6.30pm. Following presentations from expert speakers, there'll be an opportunity for questions from the floor and suggestions for the f- future actions by the Australian Anti-Orcus Coalition. So I, we'd urge our listeners to get on board with this, and we really need um, this collective action more than ever. It's mm-hmm. certainly a crucial time to be doing this. So if you want to register or be part of the activism against the Orcus arrangements for war, go to um, HTTP. TPS colon forward slash forward slash antiorcuscoalition.org. So, probably mm-hmm. the easiest way to say it would be antiorcuscoalition.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's AUKUS, of course, anti AUKUS. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there was not much mention of the peace demonstration last week either in any of the newspapers. That was I've, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I've not seen it. Anyway. A, it was a great demonstration, but yeah, how interesting the media no, didn't cover no, it. No, nothing, nothing. It was more interested to talk about uh, the the wild people who attacked the LGBT uh, demonstration. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting how our media works. But thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio and supporting our programme. If you want to send us a message, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programmes are available by podcast on your favourite platform and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milku Mana by King Stingray. Ela vai namorar, vai lá 
Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.